afternoon and God's peace to everyone here. I was thinking as I was sitting out there before the the time here that what an amazing thing it is that we're here, each of us here, and not not to uh, not at all speaking down to any that aren't here, but even though we're we're few in number, it, it's an amazing thing that any of us are here. I know for myself on a on a day like today, there's a lot a lot of different things that I'd like to be doing, and, and really it's not. I'm sure if our if each of our flesh had our way today, that none of us would be here. So you can count that as, a, as an amazing blessing that God has put it in your hearts. And I suppose I'm even thankful that I was that I was uh, I don't know scheduled, but that it was my turn to speak because I don't know that I would be here if it wasn't and I'm, I'm thankful for that even though this flesh flesh fights against that and it, it always will but I'm thankful that that God gives us that desire to gather around his word there is no other there is no other source of, of satisfaction when it comes to this undying portion than to be gathered around Christ's word God is a, a God of grace and Jesus is that, that Prince of Peace. Even though there's not many people here, this word promises that, that where two or three are gathered in, in His name, in Christ's name, that, that He will be there in the midst of them. So we can be assured that even if it was only two or three here today, that, that those blessings of, of grace and peace would still be with us. His love is, is, is unending and His love has been with us since the beginning of time and, and from the foundations of the world that Word has been with us and because of our sin and because of that original sin I sometimes think getting off, off I don't know, off track I don't know if you can but I think sometimes that it may have been that we could have been walking still in the garden with, with God and communing with Him and how amazing that would be but because of our sin we, we have been cast out and yet God's love is still with us and He hasn't left us and that, that, that love is, is there and it is, is abundant and there's there's so much there to be shared with everyone in the world and to be shared with us and we, we should not shun that love or, or turn let our, our, our flesh turn us away from that love God even though he has cast us out from that garden and that that, that communion with him he has given us that that savior and he has given us this word and it is, it is with us still that always directs us to Christ and Christ is truly the only place where we will find that peace and that communion with God. It's an amazing thing that we can we can pray a prayer 
or to speak here that, that, that a, uh, an empty sinful shell like myself can stand here and, and, and God's word can be proclaimed because of Christ that, that our prayers are heard in heaven God truly hears our prayers and he gives us words to speak directly back down to us It is an amazing thing that to have that that to lose that that communion with that we originally had had with God in the garden, and yet we still have that communion with God, and that we have that that intercessor for us, that advocate with the Father, as, as it says in John, Christ Jesus, who is our who is our all in all and, and are the only way to heaven, the only way to God, and the only way that God will hear us or see us. For a text this afternoon, I would like to read the first chapter of James. And it's not a, a too lengthy of a chapter, and I'll, I'll read the whole thing just because I can't find a, a place in there that I believe I can stop or, or needs to needs to be stopped or that I see a, a, a change in, in thought. And I don't know that I have any special revelation on it other than that, that revelation that comes when we read a portion of God's Word and it speaks to this undying portion within us. It is revealed to us that, and if it isn't, be assured that it is that Christ has died for our sins and we are we are saved by grace. So I'll read the whole chapter of James, reading in Jesus' name. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into it, into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. But the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with the burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall this rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. 
Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he with us with the word of truth, that he should be a kind of fir- that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Amen. chapter starts out with a with a message that in that second verse that seems contradictory to what we would what we would hope for it seems there are times and I, I know for myself there are times when it feels that I've, I've come closer to God or that I, I look into his word more often and I feel that he is, is with me more. Not that I, not that I don't think that he is with me always. But there are times that I, I, that I feel closer and I feel like I, I might be maybe not on the right track, but that God is keeping me there. And we pray even in, in, in the Lord's prayer that we would Yield not to temptation, or, or, or we even sang in that song that we would not be, not go in that way and, and be tempted. And that is, that is a right thing to pray, of course, and, and it is, of course, that we do not want it, want to go that way. And then God's word here says to count it all joy when we fall into those, those temptations. And just on a surface look at that, it seems like contradictory to what we would think of as being a joyful thing, or that we would see any 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 good come from having to fall into this temptation. But we know, as it says there in those further on there, that it is not God who tempts us. So let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. I know for myself, 
And I pray that it is this way also with, with each of you. That, that that still small voice still has a place in your heart that it still speaks. And that we fall into those diverse temptations. Those, those temptations will never, will never leave this flesh alone and this, that, that, that liar, the devil, he knows each, each little winding pathway and to, to entice us and to try and trick us and sneak us away into those different, falling into those temptations. He knows the, the weakness of our flesh. And it is, a, it is a sure thing that we will fall into those temptations. This flesh is, is at enmity with God. That is at, is at enmity with this word. This flesh wants no, no, no thing to do with this, with this word of God. So we do fall into those temptations. There is no, there is no avoiding that as long as we are here in this world. But we can go on there and it says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be entire, wanting nothing. And I don't think that when we say it says wanting nothing, that I don't think that has anything to do with wanting things in, in, a, in a natural sense. When we fall into those temptations, and when that still small voice reminds us of the sin that, that we have committed, and that separation, that, that gap that we are trying to widen between us and God, that still small voice reminds us of what we are, where we are going. And sometimes it may even be a brother or sister in Christ who might remind us, Thank God that you have somebody in your life who might have the courage to do that for you. That they, that, that Holy Spirit will remind us in whatever manner that we have, we have fallen away or we have fallen into some sin. And sin overall is that, that separation and that unbelief. But we can count it joy when we hear that still small voice. We can count it joy that we fell into that and that we heard that voice again. We can count it joy when, when we know, even after whatever terrible thing we have done, that God still loves us, that He still cares enough for us to remind us that we are leaving Him, that, we, that our flesh is trying to get away from Him. And I think when it says there, let that patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. It seems when we are, I know for myself, when a, when a, a sin is on my heart, or that I that I am feeling further away from God than I than I should be. 
the only place that we can find that 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 truth and that that satisfaction and any sort of relief from that sin is to go to Christ. There is nothing else in this world that we would want in those times of trouble. Those times that we are that we are fallen into temptation or we have that we have sinned. There is no other thing but what a what a joy it is if you can feel that the only thing that you want is Christ. Because that is the only place that that you will have any any relief or or forgiveness, I guess. That's that's the the true word that I should be using there. This this undying portion is not one that that is so hard to for us to try to set out to satisfy, and yet it is the easiest and most readily available thing here for this this soul to satisfy. We can look into this word, and we can go to a brother or sister in Christ, and, and, and to hear those words that 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 shed blood of Jesus is sufficient. For every sin that I have committed and for every sin that I will commit. And it's not a thing to, to say that to, to get lax in those terms that we would think, oh well, it, it covers everything, let's not worry about what we're going to do in the future. We still pray that we would not fall into temptation, that we would not yield to it. But count it joy when, when we do and when God reminds us of who we are and what we are in need of. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not the man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I've heard this interpreted as being first first of all that, that verse that fourth verse even that we would be wanting nothing that it pertains to the things of this world. I don't think that is so. There is no indication in those in those the the verses before or after that, that, that indicate that it but entirely to the to our undying portion. But I've heard, and unfortunately I have, that some have believed that that if we ask in faith, nothing wavering, no no double-mindedness in us thinking, oh, well, maybe God will give us to this, maybe He won't. But I'm going to pray for it anyway. That if we think like that, well, then it's a sure thing that you will not receive that, that earthly, that natural gift. That if we that if we ask, and we kind of doubt that God might provide for us, that it won't be given to us, and even goes down to that eighth verse, and people have still lumped that in there with that that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That that goes towards that praying that if we ask, and if we are thinking one thing, or or and and 
thinking another thing at the same time that that, that, that is unstable and and we are wavering and we're like a, a sea going wherever the wind tosses us that God won't provide us that we have to ask these things and know for a fact that God will provide these natural blessings for us is an unfortunate thing that that is believed that that is some understanding I don't know the need to dwell on that but but no That even down there, it, it, it contradicts, I mean, it doesn't contradict itself, but it contradicts that, that idea that that's what it's talking about pertaining to natural things. That a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Is that not double-minded to believe that we would be thinking and, and, and wanting something to satisfy this mortal flesh and to be praying to God for it and, and thinking that we are, we are fulfilling that, that spiritual side as well. I think this this verse is explained in this in this book in the fourth chapter. In the fourth chapter, it says, "Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, amiss that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God." I guess I'm going back to the, the, that idea that this is pertaining to, to natural things that is not. There's the idea that if we do not get those things that we have or we do not, we are not successful or, or, or rich in the natural sense or have a, a nice card or whatever it might be that it is because we did not ask God knowing that he would give us that thing. We've heard this story a lot in in our house, but when Melita was a, a kid, one of our schoolmates told Melita that she knew for a fact that God was not real. And I don't know the exact what what, what the assignment was, but she had prayed to God that that she would. She would pass a test or, or get whatever mark on a test, and she didn't get that mark, so that's a, that's a sure thing then. If God was real, he would have given us that, she would have passed that test or gotten that, that grade that she would have been happy with. But the thing is, as it says there in that fourth chapter, that, that we do not receive those things because we ask amiss. And, and we know that God answers each prayer. He does not, He does not leave us, us empty. And many times in my life I have prayed for things that I don't know. Well, now I know maybe I probably didn't need to pray for those things. And it seems so that this, the thing that most immediately affects us or immediately 
seems to weigh on us are these natural things and we wish all these little problems would go away that we might not have this this sickness or this illness or this pain or or financial struggle and it seems like those are the things that we we are more readily wanting to pray for and there are some things that I have I have prayed for that did not come to pass that God did not grant me in the way that I had I had asked for them and it's amazing how how in the time it seems like that's the thing that would absolutely help us and absolutely make us happy but now looking back and I'm sure it is this way for for many of you that how thankful we can be that he did not give us what we asked for. How thankful we can be that God knows us better than he, we know ourselves. And we, even just saying that, it seems to me like such a hard thing to believe. And yet we know from this word, I know for myself, I do no idea, even remotely, a, a, a any sort of educated guess how many hairs are on my head. And yet this word has told us that God knows, has, has numbered the hairs on our head. And what an insignificant thing that is for, for our, our creator to know that, how many things I'm thinking of, of drawings I have done or, or whatever I have done with with art and, and and trying to create things on my own, I don't even know how many things are, or leaves or branches on trees or, or hairs on a a deer or, or anything of that. And I I am the creator of that 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 peak of piece of work. And yet our, our our Lord in heaven knows the numbers on our head. And when I look at my creations, I see the big picture and I see, well, look at what I've done and I can see that I've I've drawn this animal the way that it's supposed to look or this person the way that they're supposed to look. But like I said, I have no idea how many hairs I drew on that head or how many leaves or branches I put on that tree. How much more can we rest in the assurance that God knows our soul so much more than that. He knows what we need. If we receive not those things, it's because we ask amiss. It's because we do not look into this word. It's because if we, if this word is directing us, we would ask those things that pertain only to what God has directed us and towards His will. And so many times there's so many things that I, that I want to pray for and, and, and am thankful that I'm not saying this is even at all, all the time. There's so many times and it's so much more selfish. But I do catch myself sometimes praying for things that I think I need. And all I can, all I can pray and it seems my prayer is so short when God has given me the direction. Because truly there is no more that I, than I can say that 
Dear Lord, thy will be done. Pray that that God's will would be done because He knows exactly what we are in need of. And there is that is one way I believe that we can ask and we are not asking amiss. If we ask that God's will would be done in our lives. I believe we can rest on the on the on the promise that that will be done, that God's will would be done, and then that prayer would be answered fully. If we ask for for more money or or for a wound to be healed quicker, that may not be done, and it is exactly what we need. It may be done, and we know. As Jordan was reading that story, that account this morning, that 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 man was healed and went away leaping and praising God. And I'm not saying those things cannot happen even today. God can work His miracles. But do not pray that we, we would have anything outside of God's will in our life. Seventeenth verse, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. God does not give us bad gifts. God does not give us what we do not need. He does not throw stumbling blocks in our way that we might somehow try to overcome those on ourselves. The thing that separates us from God is our is our sinful flesh. That is what brings us into into those places that we are in need of God and, and, and hopefully that we would come out wanting nothing except Christ. As I read there before in that fourth chapter, that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Our flesh will continue to want to to want to turn away, continue to want to to, to please itself. When we are, when we, those stumbling blocks come before us, it is because of our own sinful flesh. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. The wages of sin 
are de- is death, as it is written. And that is a promise as well. But this word never leaves us in that in that state that we are left in that sorrow. That sorrow worketh repentance. That godly sorrow, as it is written as well, that that godly sorrow worketh repentance. Pray to God that His will would be done if we are turning away from what we are supposed to be focusing on. So many of the hymns are so beautiful and that they speak so so truly to this to what our understanding is of this world and this flesh and, and of what God has done for us. The one that just came to mind is that turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim. Those things of this world are, are nothing when, when set beside Jesus Christ and that, that, that light, the Father of lights, it even says there, there is no variable instant, neither shadow or turning. There is one direction that we can go when we are looking towards Christ and believing in His Word. There are two directions we go if we if we listen and, and submit to that flesh. That eighteenth verse it says, Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. If we are looking to Christ and praying that His will would be done, it says, he, of His own will begat He us with the word of truth. That that truth would be with us. What is that truth? That truth is Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So the wages of sin is death and the way of, towards truth, towards Christ is life. For the wrath of man worketh, wherefore my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore lay apart all our filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. It seems sometimes when we read this this word and when I read this word that there seems to be verses I'd kind of rather skip over them. I'd almost rather not read that that 19th verse. And I don't know why it is other than that I know that I am, I am sinful flesh still. That I still have this, this clay portion that will return to this earth. But it seems like 
sometimes like like as I said that I I'd almost rather skip over some of these verses because it seems like oh why are you saying that directly to me? Why are you saying that only to me? It's funny that I that I kind of think that way, but I feel like God, why did did you put this in here just to just to cut just me down? told us that we should be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. How opposite my flesh is to that. And how opposite that that goal and that prayer that God's will would be done. If I if I continue in that path. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And that would be our prayer that we might be able to work that righteousness of God, not of ourselves, but only by belief in Christ. And having having that word in us. And all those things that we might fall into and, and, and are so... We are so uh, comfortable with in our flesh filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. But that doesn't, it doesn't even leave us unsatisfied in that very verse. Because we have another promise there that if we are looking to Christ, that we might receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls I think it's in Chronicles where it says that that, that that word is written in our hearts that we are the epistle of Christ that it's not not with pen or ink I'm paraphrasing but not written with pen or ink, but but with the Spirit of God on, on those fleshly tables of the heart. And it all comes back to that, that same message, how, how uniform God's Word is. That it can that it can bring us down, that it can humble us. That we might with meekness have that word engrafted in us. That we might have that living word within us, that Holy Spirit that would give us that, that, that direction. Give us that strength to pray against what our flesh wants to pray. To give us that, that grace to believe and to pray to God that our, that His will would be done and that He would, He would be the light that which we would look for. We try to look for light in this world, but it is only darkness, and it is only only leading us away from God. So many things seem to lead me away that I think I might find happiness here or happiness there, and it is it is I believe for whatever reason, but a, a good reason. 
that those things do come do come with moments of happiness and we feel joy and and and, and satisfaction in our flesh when when we follow after some of these things And I suppose even so when those things that, that satisfy us into, into sinning, that we find satisfaction or pleasure in those things, and it seems that we might be happy for a, for a, a moment. But what a brief moment it is. And how much it, it, it falls short of, of providing us with anything that we are in need of. And even things that do not lead us into sin. There are so many things that I that I enjoy in this world and and, and am passionate about and, and and feel like that is who a part of that is who I am and that is a part of me and and, and what I these, these are list of things that I love to do and love to be a part of. But even those things, how how much they cannot satisfy us. And it, it seems true in, in, in our flesh that saying or whatever that says that, that we can have too much of a good thing. And I think back when I was a kid, well, didn't take too many times getting sick that realizing you have too much ice cream, it's not a good thing, even though that seems like what I would, what you would want. Or too much now, it feels like I would love to just be out in the mountains hunting all the time. But even then, sometimes it seems I, I would, it doesn't seem to satisfy. And yes, there's so much beauty out there and there's so much beauty in this world that we can, we can enjoy and God has put it there, uh, put it there for us. But the only place that we cannot have too much of a good thing is when we are looking into this word. And then when we know that Christ is with us, the only thing that brings us true joy and true happiness and true peace is Christ Jesus. He's the only, the only place that I, I have come to. The only thing that I have, I have I don't know if I should say thing, but the only the only place I have gone where I have been satisfied and, and wanting more and we know it is so that this flesh is still with us. And is a is a, is a, a, a shameful thing to me. To think like how how happy we can be in, in, in where we are. And to know full well after those times when we, we might have to be humbled and, and to ask in such an embarrassing way that our sins might be forgiven and, and what a joy it is to know that they are. And what a joy it is to know that Christ is with us and that God is with us and hears our prayers and loves me. What an amazing thing it is that I would. I know this is this is this is man, and I know that we are sin. In this flesh, and we do fall away from that. 
And I know in those times when we are close to God, it seems like, well, I, I just wish that this could last forever. But the promise is there that it will. This world is, is not our home and this is such a, a, a little blink of an eye in the grand scheme of things. This is not a, a long period of time. It seems like it at times and it seems like it when we are suffering that it is an eternity. But it is such a, a, a short, short, short brief moment from the beginning of, of God's creation unto eternity. And we may suffer and we may we may continue to fall away from God and, and to fall into sin. I don't want I maybe I shouldn't say fall away from God, but to fall into sin. We will. I know I, I know for myself and it seems like an embarrassing thing to know that the person I am before I stand up here and the person I am after. But we can know that if we are with Christ, as it says there, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If we are hearers and doers of what God has instructed us, that reward in heaven is eternal. It is not a brief moment. It is not just a temporal suffering like we have on here on earth. It is an eternal joy and an eternal happiness. To be in eternal communion with God and Christ, our Lord and Savior, who has bought us that ticket, who has given us that those keys. That we might enter in there. That is the only way that we can get there. There is no other there is no other way except through Christ. And it seems like sometimes, I know I've said this phrase, but it seems like the, the Word of God in different points directs us in, in not different paths, but I mean not, not a different direction, but maybe different paths. And even here it says, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. And to keep himself unspotted from the world. It is very easy to, to interpret that in a natural sense and to try to set ourselves out to do those things. And those are good things that we would do, of course. To visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. And we might be able to, to say that we could make a checklist of those two things and say, well, I have done a checklist and I have, I have accomplished these two things on your list of three things of what pure religion 
that we might be undefiled before God, that we have visited the fatherless and widows in their affliction. But it be impossible to keep that last one, to keep himself unspotted from the world. But how can we check all those three things off the list? As I was saying, it seems that maybe different paths, and it says here that we would love one, love a brother, as we love ourselves. Well, now, and now you're telling me that okay, well, now it's to visit the fatherless and the widows and their affliction, and to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. And our flesh wants it to be that way that we might be able to have this checklist, and like, okay, well, just settle on some points and and let us follow those things. But to do any of it is impossible in ourselves. The only way that we can accomplish these things is to believe in Jesus Christ and to know that He is our Savior and He is our all in all and the only way that anyone will get into heaven And the only way that we will get into heaven. As it says so many times. That if we are looking to to him. And that if we have that belief. That faith. That that love is. Even here again it keeps going. The word is so, so complete in itself. That that would be engrafted. That engrafted word is able is in us. Which is able to save souls. That truth is in us, that love is in us, and that love will be given to others if we are looking to Jesus Christ. And that is the only way that we will get to heaven. And that is the only the only direction we can point others in. That word is able to save your souls. And if it is in us, we are not able to save other souls. But we are able to direct others to this word. That they too like us, may be able to be before God on that judgment day and to be unspotted and to be pure and undefiled before God. In Jesus' name, Amen. Shall we close with the benediction? May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. May the Lord make His face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.
the country and no Bible study this week unless somebody wants to volunteer. Another message in the house? I've talked to both Bill Warren and Brother Russ this week and greetings from them. Both sides of the country. Okay. Did you know that they didn't know that they didn't Well, then Matt's in the custody. He's got some health troubles and he was in the hospital a couple of weeks ago, but Russ said he saw him at church Sunday and he's, he's uh, chipper and, and saying he just loves along like he always does. He's, he's had our trouble for many years. He's only got about 30% working capacity in his heart, so... Yeah.